Previously on Barefoot Boys, after a 3-0 victory against Middlesex for a place in the finals, Mohan Bagan did the unthinkable. They beat the East Yorkshire Regiment and became the first Indian team to win the IFA Shield. Central Calcutta was a wash in maroon and green, the unofficial dress code for, well, everyone. The Barefoot Boys had gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with teams of booted Britishers and they had triumphed. It wasn't Diwali, but the lights were out in full display. The city, which had worn a look of pale gloom in the years after partition, underwent a radical transformation. The farthest corners were illuminated and people rushed onto the streets, forming a procession within minutes, screaming, chanting, clapping. The procession ended at Club Secretary Selendranath Bose's house in Shambhajar, where there was a public banquet that went on to the wee hours of the morning. The Adi Arya Saraswat Samaj staged an open show of their contemporary theatre performance, Visma Vijaya, in honour of the club. Visma Vijaya, Conquerors of the World. And the Conquerors, the immortal eleven of Mohan Bagan, handled the presentation ceremony with grace. From Luminary, this is Barefoot Boys a podcast about an Indian football team that went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the British and against all odds emerged as a national symbol, a symbol that told a country fighting for independence, we can win. I'm Konkona Sen Sharma. Morning arrived and everybody grabbed newspapers to see what the thinkers and writers were saying. No one had quite managed, said one newspaper, to break the white man's stranglehold like Bagan did yesterday. Journalists drew parallels between Bagan and the armed struggles that had engulfed Bengal in the previous few years. Others were more direct, connecting Mohan Bagan's success as the Congress's failures. For example, this is how Bashumuti, a Bengali daily, put it. In a country where union takes place only to dissolve, where repulsion is more powerful than attraction, you have been able to knit together so many hearts. Gonin Mullik in the Amrita Bazar Patrika suggested that Mohun Bagan's victory should have given the imperial government conclusive proof of the Bengalis' physical fitness and suitability for military service. We hope that the incident which we have observed today in such detail will lead the government to revise their estimate of Indian capacity. The skill, physical fitness, discipline, courage and organisation required in these sports are also held to be the essentials of active military service. And it is illogical in the extreme to hold that those who shine in the one line will hopelessly fail in the other. In response, the statement's correspondent... Agriculture calls for the assistance of trained minds in healthy bodies... And it will be strange if young men who have undergone the stimulating discipline of football and cricket do not feel the attraction of the career offered by farming and other industries which demand physical strength and endurance. But Malik didn't take this lying down. We cannot help suppressing a smile at the proposal of the statesman 
that Indians, including we believe the Mohan Bagan team, who have undergone the stimulating discipline of football and cricket, should take to agriculture. Do English youths who distinguish themselves on the playground ultimately turn to agriculturalists? And then, where will the millions of Indian peasants go to earn their bread if they are ousted from their occupation by superior men like trained and educated Indian youth? Manushi, a Bengali magazine, published a poem in honor of the victory. Jegeche aaj desher chhele, pothe loker bhid, antupure phutlo hashi, bongo ruposhir. Gol diyeche gorar dale, bangali raj jit, akash chhe utheche udhao, unmadoner git. Ajikari bijoy bani, bhulbe nako desh, shabash shabash mohan bagan khelecho bhai besh. The sons of the soil have awoken, the streets are crowded. The women have broken out in smiles. We've scored against the whites, it's a triumph of the Bengalis. The air is filled with songs of rejoicing. The motherland will never forget today's victory. Hail, hail, Mohan Bagan, you have played very well. And this wasn't all. This was an Indian victory, made obvious by the fact that Muslims celebrated it, with no reserve, no tension. As the procession headed to the Thonthonia Kalibadi, the Muslim brethren of Calcutta joined in as well. The Musliman wrote that, Although Mohan Bagan was a team composed of Bengali Hindus, the jubilation in the wake of its success was universal. It was felt by Hindus, Christians and Mohammedans alike. In fact, members of the Muslim sporting club were almost crazy with joy. They could be found running and shouting and rolling on the ground in excitement on the victory of their Hindu brethren. Apart from sharing the joy and solidarity of the time, all this press coverage had a side effect. It gave Indian sports journalism a shot in the arm. Regular columns covering matches of several sports became the norm. The commercial fraternity, like the journalist one, also cashed in. Suddenly, every establishment wanted to associate with the Bagan name. The Standard Cycle Company distributed half-tone photographs of the team on July 31st, two days later. Sports goods firm Messrs. Esro & Co. slashed the price of footballs by two-thirds, from Rs 12 to Rs 4, to encourage young footballers. This was arguably the first time Indian sportspersons began to be seen as commercially marketable superstars. At one point, the great National Theatre in Calcutta even used the win to advertise their latest production, Bajirao. Mohan Bagan was inundated with invitations, proposals, offers. The Times of India invited the club to Bombay for a friendly match between Bagan and the Harwood League champions. Another proposal touted the idea of a Mohan Bagan Challenge Shield. Yet another suggested renaming a park in North Calcutta. The fan mail increased to such a level that the honorary secretary was forced to use the media to put his and the club's official position out to the public. His statement in The Statesman, a deliberate choice of newspaper, I imagine, reads, It is the decision of the management of the club that it is not desirable to make a fuss over last Saturday's success, as the club in general and the players in particular look upon it as the result of practice and study of the science of the game under the guidance and with the help of their numerous friends, both European and Indian. A very gracious sentiment. It would have been great if it had been reciprocated. But as far as the British were concerned, they could not afford a further threat to their perceived superiority, either on the field or off it. 
Beyond football, Bengali nationalism had swelled to such a degree that the British had seriously begun considering moving the capital from Calcutta to Delhi. And in football, it seemed like things were rosy. Both Mohan Bagan and Aryans were admitted into the Calcutta League, the second division of the IFA in 1914. Then a year later, Bagan was promoted to the top division. Aryans got there in 1916. But suddenly, it was one too many Bengali clubs in the top division. So, sneakily, the British-run Indian Football Association capped the number at two. Despite Kumartuli club qualifying three years in a row, despite them being the second club to make it to an IFA Shield final, they weren't allowed into the top division. The Aryans and Kumartuli club were Bagan's biggest club rivals in the 1910s. And then came another, the Mariners' most bitter rivalry. And But then East Bengal Mohan Bagan are two um, cornerstone of success of Indian football. This is famous football historian Gautam Roy. East Bengal Mohan Bagan won over 130 years and won over 100 years have survived. While many clubs, football clubs in India itself, uh, like Mahindra's, Hyderabad Police and other teams from the north have all vanquished. They have survived because they have a strong support base. One, the origin from uh, of the name, the other from the, their rivalry. But wait. So far in our story, it was Mohan Bagan who had enjoyed the support of a massive fan base. When did East Bengal enter the picture? July 28, 1920. Jora Bagan Club is about to face Mohan Bagan in the final of the Kuchbihar Cup. Selish Basu has made a reputation for himself as a star halfback. On the eve of the match, Basu is excluded from the squad due to his East Bengal ethnicity. He complains to the club's VP, Suresh Chaudhary, who is also from East Bengal. Both men exit Jurabagan and form the East Bengal Club as a badge of honour, a red and gold signal of their identity, which would play a huge part during the 1947 partition. And East Bengal weren't the only team which had its destiny rewritten in 1947. You remember Mohammedan Sporting, formed in 1889? They had muddled through the next few decades until the 1930s arrived, and with it, a Selendra Nath Bose-type figure for them. C.A. Aziz. Aziz was the first professional manager of the club and he recruited like a boss, the best Muslim players from across the country. Like players like Juma Khan, Bachi Khan, uh, Osman from the north. Then they had players like um, Rahim, Rahmat and uh, Hafiz Rashid, which turned it completely and they got promoted in 1933. And they are the only team Morgan and Sporting, in that in the very first year of its promotion, 1934, uh, they won the Calcutta League. They had a fierce team and they won and then went on to win it for five years in a row. And it was around this time that Mohammedan Sporting gave identity, hope and power to millions of Muslims, much like Mohan Bagan for Hindus and East Bengal for people from that region. From now on, no one could speak of the big two of Calcutta football. The 1930s and 40s would be about the big three. And then came 1947. Here's veteran sports journalist Jaydeep Basu. See, Mohan Sporting great, great goalkeeper Osman Jan. Osman, Mohan Sporting great goalkeeper of the 30s. You, you know, he was from Delhi. And once partition happens, Osman Jan leaves the country. He is the first captain of Pakistan also. 
in the history of Pakistan football when Pakistan played its first international match it was a friendly against Iran that was Pakistan's first international match he was Pakistan captain in 1948 Gautam Roy adds after independence most of these players went away to Pakistan or other places and they didn't have the same they had for another 8 to 10 years but then then they suddenly i think they lost uh, the patronage and others and they are now as considered as the number 3 team at partition might have caused mohammedan sporting to fade away but it had quite the opposite effect on mohan bagan at the time of independence the mariners were the strongest squad in all of indian football dr talimaran ao the man who captained the indian team at the 1948 london olympics was a mariner in 1954 selin manna captained a bagan team that would win both the calcutta league and the ifa shield shubhimol chunni goswami holds the indian record for the highest goal scored at mohan bagan baichang bhutia shishir ghosh subhash bhumik and sham thapa all trail behind this kishor ganj native Jarnail Singh's stint at the club lasted 8 years and he holds the distinction of being the only Indian footballer to captain the Asian All-Star team. But what about today? Where is Mohan Bagan today? Today it's merged with Atletico de Kolkata or ATK, one of the franchises of the Indian Super League. It's called ATK Mohan Bagan. Fans welcome the merger and the investment but the association has been rocky due to the presence of the letters ATK in front of the club's name. Here's where the debate stands. Mohan Bagan possesses and stands for a rich culture and heritage. ATK's corporate presence compromises that, dilutes it. The question remains, is there any middle ground? Here's Joydeep Basu. So I would rather prefer a system like Germany. where you can where you where a corporate can buy only 49% of the club shares and 50 51% will remain with the management and the and the and the and the fans so they also have a have a have a have a huge say in the running of the club so that i am talking about checks and balances a question of balance but then it's always been a question of balance for bagan hasn't it on the field or off whether learning how to balance on slippery slushy fields or learning how to balance ambition and patience finding the right balance in the team in a strategy for a game walking the tightrope between being the conquered and the conquerors between victory and defeat between the fervor of football and the fire of freedom what a journey it has been so far for the mohan bagan club And now that we're at the very end of this journey, I'm left wondering about that one thing that defines Bagan for me. A lot of this particular story has been about the present. But let's take one last trip back to the year that you and I have now become obsessed with, 1911. The year of the Barefoot Boys, the Amur Akadosh, the Immortal 11. I don't know how true the story is. But like all great and enduring myths, what matters is how it makes you feel. It seems that our favorite reverend Shudhi Chatterjee was returning to the dressing room after winning the final when an old man walked up to him. Tugging on Sudhir's sleeve, he said, "You have conquered this one," pointing at the gigantic IFE shield. Then, shading his eyes with his hands, he turned and pointed at something far away. "But when are you conquering that one?" He was pointing at the Union Jack, the symbol of British dominance, 
fluttering on the ramparts of Fort William across the Moidan. Chatterjee smiled. He thought for a moment and replied, the next time we win the shield. In the following years till Indian independence, Bagan made it to the IFA finals three times. In 1923, they lost to the Calcutta Football Club. In 1940, they were beaten by the Aryans. In 1945, they were beaten by who else but East Bengal. After 1911, the next time Mohan Bagan lifted the IFA shield was in 1947. Barefoot Boys is a luminary original podcast produced by Rainshine Entertainment and you've been listening to me, Konkona Sen Sharma. Gaurav Vaz is our executive producer, Vivek Madan is our director and script supervisor. Barefoot Boys is based on original research by Shankhudeep Sengupta and Vikram Shah. Our writing team was led by Vivek Madan, Vikram Shah and Archana Nathan who wrote these episodes along with Shankhudeep Sengupta, Nevin Thomas, Orko Bhattacharya and Amal Shias. We recorded the podcast at Island City Studios with Ashir Balsara. Sachi Rajadhaksh is our sound designer and audio producer and Ayandi mixed and mastered these episodes. And most of all, thanks to the Omo Rakadosh, 11 men who did the impossible, who taught a country to dream and for a brief moment showed us what freedom felt like long before we were free. <laughs>